Hello and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in the podcast car. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? I'm, I'm definitely a criminal because I started playing Fortnite. <laughs> oh, okay. New and yeah. different. Yeah, uh, it's because, so one of my friends, like, I had played Fortnite previously back in like 2018 when it, aka when it released on Switch because I was bad at doing the like main mode with the building on PC. <laughs> I just didn't have like the uh, the reflexes to keep up with like people who would just spam a bunch of uh, building stuff around them whenever they got shot at. For sure. And so on Switch at least there was like a little bit more of an equalizer that way. But basically uh, I didn't stick with it for very long just because like, you know, as, you know, you just kind of like fall in and out of the games at times, but uh, my one friend has been sticking with it on occasion recently, and basically my, one of my other friends in the Discord that I'm in was like, ah, I don't really got much going on at the moment games-wise, I'll join you, and then mm -hmm. of course that started snowballing where another friend was like, alright, I guess I'll download Fortnite too and play with the two, with, with the two of you, and then it's like they're all just basically looking over at me where I'm the fourth and last person in the group chat, and I'm like, fucking god damn it. <laughs> I guess they need a fourth, don't they? And I have to admit I liked it. <laughs> Absolute crimes. <laughs> well, I guess that's fair. I don't know. That's yeah, not a game I've ever played, but I don't know if it's a crime. Uh, well, EGS, uh, Epic Games in particular, are not good. Not a good company. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, um, I mean, at a certain point, like, it is, like, it's it's funny that I'm, like, oh, I'm so tired of, like, everything being fucking crossovers, but it's, like, I gotta admit, it's pretty funny watching Geralt do the Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> While Master Chief drives a little train around. Because <laughs> Fortnite is just a fucking IP nightmare. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That, that's basically been, uh, me since Monday. Uh, I, I even got a new mouse because, uh, to be fair, my old mouse, the, uh, middle mouse button was starting to die. So it's like, yeah. especially you, like, because, like, Fortnite at some point basically just stole Apex Legends's uh, ping system in terms of being able to just ping stuff in the environment. So that's what middle mouse is on by default. And I was, like, noticing, wait, why is this going out? That's weird. I don't know. At the same time, I've hated my mouse at work for a long time, so I'm like... Well, I could get a slightly better uh, Logitech mouse here and just move my old one to be a work mouse. So that's what I did. This one's actually uh, more comfortable on my hand than even the previous Logitech, just because uh, it's a little bit more like... it's It kind of has like extra buttons on it. The other one had two extra buttons on each side near like left mouse and right mouse button. This yeah, one sure. instead has uh, two on the left near where my index finger is, and then it, like where the thumb rests it has like a like groove in it where there's two other buttons, well actually technically three, but one of them is really more for like switching the DPI, so like mouse sensitivity. <laughs> so it's like a little bit more easier than having to like move the uh, middle finger over to hit two buttons on this, the right side. Makes sense. So yeah, it's only like 40 bucks, so can't say I don't like this mouse at all. It's pretty good. <laughs> the real test is if I'm going to be able to play Monster and Arise with it because of all the like uh, extra button combinations I had for using uh, Insect Lave and the bow, but can't, mm, you, know, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, it, it's very funny that like last week I was like, yeah, I, I treated myself Dr. Math Traveler too after having to deal with the first fucking nightmare week of dealing with my idiot coworker. 
and then I've played like a total of like seven hours of it because my friends immediately pulled me away to play Fortnite. Whoops. <laughs> 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 Yay. That's, no. uh, that's, been, that's been my week, besides also getting more and more wanting to rip my coworker's spine out of his back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sucks. You've been updating, though? I remember when they thought for like three days. Yeah, it, it, there was like the weird, little like weird turnover where it's like at the end of last week, I was like, maybe he's coming around. And then this week happened, and it's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> What the fuck? <laughs> It's it's not even a case of like you can even claim he didn't know this stuff. It's all stuff that I've shown him like a dozen times. I wrote up a fucking sheet sheet for him, multiple sheet cheat sheets of like, here's what happens with this stuff. Like make sure you're doing like, you have the fucking naming convention spreadsheet. It has a section on there saying like, if this particular document has an extra step, like you need to assign it to this individual person because they handle like electronic fund transfers, or you need to create the task in general for assigning it to somebody because for some reason FMLA claims don't do that in our <laughs> system. And it's like, he's, he's still not fucking figuring it out. And it's like, at a certain point, this is on you, my guy. This ain't, this ain't a me training you issue. This is a you not giving a fuck issue. <laughs> so, uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like managers are gonna talk and try to figure something out, but I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. Cause I'm the only one that's actually on site besides this guy. Oh, Most well, of these yeah. people are on the West Coast, so it's like there's no chance that they could come in and talk to this guy and be like, "Yo, what the fuck." That would be difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean they could video call him, but still. I don't know. Well, I also started playing a vaguely evil video game this week, so... <laughs> that being? Uh, are you familiar with Disney Dreamlight Valley? Oh, yeah. Uh, A.K.A. Disney Stardew Valley, or whatever. Well, it's, it's like a halfway between Stardew and Animal Crossing, but yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh... I don't know. It's cute. Uh, is, is, that, is that game free to play, or is it just that it's on Game Pass? Uh... You have to buy it if you want to play it on the PC, and it's currently on sale during the Steam Spring Sale, so... Okay, I think I think maybe it was on Game Pass. Maybe they really took it away, though. That was like I think that was, like, released in, like, October or something, so I could have... That seems like that would be, like, around the same like, amount of time that they usually have something put on Game Pass and remove mm -hmm. it. Like, that, like, four or five month time frame. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's very... I like it better than Animal Crossing because it does have that Stardew DNA there. So there's a lot of like growing plants and combining them to make food and that sort of thing. Yeah. Very heavy emphasis on cooking in this version. I, I mean, I feel like that's not even so much just Stardew. That I mean, because like Stardew Valley is basically they were like, hey, what if we made Harvest Moon, aka Story Seasons, but on PC? Because they've also have not been making good ones of those in a long time. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, but the, like. How do I say this? The thing that I identify as being a real Stardew is that it's very... It really emphasizes you to use the unique parts of its systems, whereas Animal Crossing is a lot more aesthetic, right? You want yeah, to collect yeah. the villagers and build your village. Yeah, like that's like Animal Crossing is all about designing your house, and then like especially in the most recent one, like... You know, everybody just says terraforming is shorthand. It's not terraforming, but it's like people say that for like designing the island, which it kind of gets away from sort of some of the purpose of like 
why I like Down Crossing being with because like I like I like the town being like an established place rather than you just being able to just fucking take a tool <laughs> to it and just level the entire fucking thing and turn it into a fucking nightmare of all water if you really want like people have. <laughs> Yeah, so this this kind of falls like you can't terraform like that, but you do decide yeah. the village layout and where everything goes and that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. there's a fairly heavy emphasis on furniture and putting your house together. But like I say, it's extremely heavy on the cooking. So I don't know. Mm. I will say uh, it does feel a little bit like they. How do I put this? They wrote it for the movies, but not... Like Maui, for instance. He's one of the Mm -hmm. first characters you can recruit to have come live in your village. But he's Maui without any of the character development he got in Moana. He's just Maui from the beginning of the movie. Gotcha. So, and they talk super weird. Like, they're awkwardly dropping in quotes from the movies because that's the thing you recognize about them so yeah it's like uh, it's like oh they're here to say the line you like and that oh god that's just fuck it's fucking uh disney doing ready player one isn't it <laughs> they're here just to be property you recognize well not even because it like it, it just turns up in weird ways it's not elsa coming in and saying hi i need you to let it go it's her throwing that into the middle of a completely different other sentence (laughs) gotcha (laughs) it's like they speak in catchphrases Mm -hmm. some kind of verbal tick that they get (laughs) like the animal crossing uh villager uh like catchphrases they say in sentences except that they're only exclusively quotes from their movie or property (laughs) yeah kind of there's definitely like it's not like that a, way. It's like, all a, the it's time, like a Pokemon. Yeah. It's like a Pokemon that has ninety nine percent of the like uh, normal like uh, like language mastery, except they still have to say their name at the end of a sentence or in between and somewhere. And yeah, like, yeah, Fuck. That, that, that's a great <laughs> example. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Like if Pikachu is like, "Hey there, how's it going, friendo?" Pika, fuck, 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 shit, I can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> fuck, sorry. Uh, Pika, yeah, that's fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see a Pikachu being able to say that and just swearing profusely every time he accidentally still says Pika or Chew in the middle of a <laughs> sentence because he just can't help it. Yeah. Um, there is unfortunately no combat system in this game, which means I cannot behead Scrooge McDuck and mount his head on a post, but. <laughs> to give the wealth of Duckburg back to the 99%. <laughs> I mean, listen. As much as this game is an Animal Crossing and a Stardew, it is extremely hyper-capitalist, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it have, like, also a pretty big, like, real money, like, item shop or something? Uh, to my understanding, yes, but I have not explored that at all on account of I'm not going to spend more money on this game. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, um... The thing that really upsets me about this game, and this is technically spoilers, but it's extremely minor. We're talking like the first three minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not real, even within the fiction of the game. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the plot of the game is that you leave your job in the big city because you're tired of being worn down, and you go back to the family farm, which we have to assume belonged to Grandpa, but we don't know for sure. And then you fall asleep in the yard, and you're just dreaming the rest of the game. <laughs> okay, but 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 now the grandpa that uh, has the farm does he also have a fucked up bed? 
That's the important thing. We never see it. Uh, we don't even know if you have a grandpa. I'm just assuming it's grandpa's farm because that's how this always works. <laughs> it, it's just the same grandpa across all these farming sims that has the same fucked up bed regardless of what setting. Yeah, you remember how in Stardew there was that one person who just laid in your field the whole time and never woke up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. I don't remember that. Maybe you had a different mod you were playing that I didn't the last time I played Stardew. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I don't know how the story of the game ends but as far as i can tell it's going to end with you spent all this time building this village and helping these people and making friends with them and then you wake up and they all die because they were dreams <laughs> <laughs> oh wow i didn't realize this game is apparently in early access <laughs> i wasn't aware of that but it doesn't surprise that, me i'm, I'm like yeah because i'm looking at the store page on steam and it's like yeah it says early access and it's like i thought that this game released <laughs> Like, this game typically normally is a $60 game. Oh, wait, no, no, maybe not? No, it looks like it's on sale for 30 Hang on, let me... Let's see. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe it is 30 at the moment, which I would I would be... Um, like, if it wasn't... Like, if it was more than that for being an early access game, that's not great. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I mean, well, it's Disney, so you never know. Disney gotta get their pound of flesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. It's fine if you like the gameplay loop. I quite enjoy it, but it's also a Disney game, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's extremely weird that your main character is basically just a regular, normal human and then the people in the village are Scrooge McDuck and Mickey Mouse and Goofy. Yeah, and... <laughs> like, like I'm looking at the page and like the most recent event announcement is like it shows generic person like standing in the in, right there front and center. And meanwhile, in the same picture, there's Scar, Wally, Stitch, and in the background, Mickey. And it's like that looks wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's like I know there's like uh, human beings and some like actual like real like live action people in the Wally movie, but seeing like typically what we would imagine to be like you know normal size air quotes I, I hate saying i'm saying it like this but like you know people that are not like how most of the people in Wally are over like overweight people just because yeah movie's kind of ableist unfortunately i like Wally, but it's like it's, it's not a great look oh <laughs> yeah it's like uh, yeah it's just it's weird especially because it's like yeah you look and it's like well, there's like normal people in like the Lido and Stitch series, but definitely not in Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> also, who invited Scar to come hang out at the at Dream Valley? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, there are. I'm not gonna go into a list, but there are several villains who live in the Dream Valley. I mean, this trailer like had Ursula near the top, so yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the weirdest ones to me, because so Scar is the only character from Lion King in the game, right? And that's fine. And that's Wait, the not case... even Simba? <laughs> yeah, no, no Simba. And that's also the case for one of the other villains that's there. But Ursula specifically, Ursula and Ariel are both there, and it's like, you live three blocks away from each other. How are you cool with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, meanwhile, like, in contrast, when, uh, like, the Little Mermaid meets the Sea Witch in uh, Never After, she wants to fucking punch her in the face. <laughs> like, contrast, and meanwhile, and this is like, eh, I guess, I guess we're on the bridge, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for Never After, I guess, they find some princesses. <laughs> I mean, Rosmond is one of the princesses that is from, like, typical, like, Disney stuff, so it's, like, not a surprise that you meet more. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I guess it's just like I'm I'm watching this trailer that's just playing on the Steam thing and it's like if there's no combat like you say, it's like I I'm just wondering like you know, there's like these like parts that are like all shadowy and stuff and it's like what do you actually do in them if there's no combat? <laughs> um So how do I say this? The I'm having a the difficult puzzles? time talking about this because I can tell you, but it will spoil the entire game. Not because I'm telling you endgame spoilers, but because the plot is so simplistic that I tell you anything and you'll figure it out. Um. I mean, I'm okay with hearing this because I'm not going to play this game if you want to put a spoiler warning. <laughs> the weirdest spoiler warning possibly to date for the podcast. Spoilers for Disney Dream Fight Valley, a game that's not finished? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we can do that. Um, oh, but, okay, well, I guess they also had straight up took the cooking from that if, uh, Remy the Rat that they put in Kingdom Hearts 3 in this as well. <laughs> right, it's like you said, you mentioned that there's a lot of cooking, and it's like, how did I not immediately, immediately just know it would be Remy the Rat? And it's like, of course it's for Remy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the only chef Disney has. <laughs> yeah, and, and you don't even need to do any of the cooking in Kingdom Hearts 3 to get through that game. <laughs> the cooking is stupid and extraneous. <laughs> but they have to have a bunch of stupid mini games in Kingdom Hearts all the time. <laughs> I kind of like it in Dreamlight Valley, except that there are a few ingredients you can't acquire on your own, so you have to buy them from Remy. So it's just another money sink. Hmm. Like you can't have animals, so you don't have a way to get milk or butter or cheese or whatever on your own. You just oh, have really? to buy that from that's... the store. That feels like that's like I mean that would be something I'd imagine would have to be in an update that it's like yeah you like they have to eventually add like farm animals right? I don't think they will. I mean maybe, mm. but it just doesn't feel like that would be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Also, I gotta say, uh, the weirdest parts of all these trailers is just seeing like you know the per the player character walk around and then. Like, seeing, like, Cricket Ralph in the background, it's like, he's a video game character! He ain't that big! <laughs> <laughs> Again, the context of his universe is pretty big compared to the other game characters, but it's like, it's, it's, it's yeah, no, it's weird. Cricket <laughs> Ralph is explicitly stated to be nine feet tall. I don't know what is you're it? talking about, yeah. Oh, I, I, what was that ever said? I don't remember that. <laughs> it's in the first movie and also in the song Wreck-It, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Okay, I guess it's maybe been a while since I saw the first one. I did not remember that. I mean, I, I guess it's just, like, he looks tall in comparison just because, like, everybody else in this game are, like, small, like, uh, basically like uh, Super Mario before he gets the mushroom. Yeah, so no, it's it's just a regular-sized dude. <laughs> yeah, he's just a regular-sized dude, and everybody else in that game besides him is, like, even smaller than Six of Felix. <laughs> yeah, like, Sergeant Calhoun is also, I think, the Disney wiki called her 8-6 last time I looked her up. <laughs> But she's also from a different game, and she she's in, like, the Halo Call of Duty. Oh, yeah, knockoff. no, she's a space marine. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. You'd expect the space marine to be tall. She's got, like, genetics. <laughs> like, she's got, like, cybernetics and stuff. Yeah, um, what I was getting at, the, uh, the plot of the game is that many years ago, Dreamlight Valley used to be a beautiful and wonderful place, but then the ruler left under mysterious circumstances, and something called the Forgetting came, which caused everyone to leave and the valley to fall down into disrepair. And so now that you're here and you have access to the Dreamlight magic, you can start to rebuild stuff. So that's the plot. I was about to, I was about to be like, this definitely sounds like this is something that Square Enix had a hand in, but it was made and develop, like, developed and published by Gameloft. Who are Gameloft? <laughs> 
Uh, I think they do a lot of mobile games. I've definitely heard of them before. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, the, the other games they have listed on Steam are Sniper Fury. Definitely not the actual sniper game that people talk about. Uh, Modern Combat 5. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't know what you're going for there. Uh, Modern Combat Versus. This is this is uh, definitely a fucking mobile game put on PC. That's for sure. Straight up even have like the fucking reload uh, circle there on the HUD. Did not remove that. Uh, what else you got here? Asphalt Nine. I don't Legends. I don't even know what Asphalt One through Eight are. It's a racing game, but I never heard of it. Oh boy, Heroes of the Dark. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the video game name. <laughs> Well, I feel like you can stop looking because I just opened up their uh, their list of games and they did all the CSI Miami games for mobile. So, <laughs> <laughs> also War Planet Online and March of Empires. If you if you really yep, th this is just straight up. This is Game of War, but on PC. <laughs> That's where I know them from. They did the My Little Pony mobile game. Okay. <laughs> Wait a sec, they, oh, they, apparently they did, like, the 2022 version of Oregon Trail? Yeah. Huh. Alright then. Well, I guess that actually released, like, after... Okay, uh, Disney Dream Lake Valley was back in September, it was when it initially released. Oh, they're the people doing that Disney racing game that's definitely not just trying to be Mario Kart 8, right. <laughs> I thought that thing was out by... They, they showed that off on, like, a Switch, like... Nintendo Direct like two years ago and it's not out yet. Uh, I don't know. Oh boy, yeah, this is definitely uh, just advertising a bunch of uh, microtransactions in it too. Oh, oh, okay, it is early access. It's uh, apparently out in April. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. The well, look, the important thing is it's not gonna have loose anonymity or any Owl House characters, and we know it won't. So it's not something worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any, well, I mean, I, there was already a Disney racing game that I played when I was a kid, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they basically, like, they've done a few of them, but this one is, like, just straight up, like, yeah, it looks like they're doing zero-gravity stuff. Oh, boy, do, do, you want, do you want to buy the Ultimate Founders Pack so you can get fucking Jack Sparrow in the game? Because we just have to keep giving fucking that abusive piece of shit money? <laughs> Oh boy. I have to assume you're talking about the racing game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Disney Speedstorm. Okay, That's what yeah. I'm talking about with that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a world in which a like Disney racing game uh, shows off the Rescue Rangers as like the front and center main characters and not Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Mickey's not even on this cover. Hell yeah, Jiminy Cricket getting like almost the same size as uh oh god, I'm like now being like I got a fifty fifty shot. Is that Chip the one in the background? Because Dale's the one with the red nose, right? No idea. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess. <laughs> I think. I'm pretty sure. I think Chip is. Hang on, I need to know now. <laughs> Chip from Chip and Dale. <laughs> Come on, Google, tell me I'm right. Uh. Okay, well, it's not showing. Okay, maybe I should have specified Rescue Rangers, which is what their outfits are here. <laughs> uh. Oh god, I keep. The fucking first result was the fucking 2022 CGI movie where one of them was animated and the other was like CGI, yeah. and that's fu that's fucking horrifying. Okay, yes. Uh, list of playable characters in Walt Disney World Quest Magical Racing Tour: Amanda Sparkle, Bruno Biggs, Otto Plugnut, Oliver Who? Chickley the Third. These are definitely just the OCs they made for the game, right? Polly Roger. 
Baron Carlot, Tiara Demage, Mo Whiplash, Ned Shredbetter, XUD, Chip, Dale, and Jiminy Cricket. That's it. <laughs> yeah, okay, so they were like, they came up to Disney and were like, hey, we want to make a Disney racing game. And they're like, okay, sure, but you also don't get any of the licenses to actually have any actual Disney characters. Besides, I guess we'll give you Chip Dale and Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> all, all the D-tier characters. And I was correct. Chip is the one dressed like Indiana Jones. Okay. So I was correct. Yes. So, yeah, but like Jiminy Cricket on this box art is basically as large <laughs> as Chip. Well, sure, because apparently those are the only three actual characters they got. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, it's like he's getting more credit on this box art than he gets credit in all the Kingdom Hearts games because he shows up in like one cutscene near the very start and then they totally fucking forget Jimmy Cricket exists until maybe the end. <laughs> it, it's the one thing I technically remember a lot when I was playing Kingdom Hearts 2 for the first time where it's like he shows up like when Sora wakes up from like his year of sleep. That happens. Mm-hmm because of chain of memories and stuff and like he's like i guess we were asleep and like i'll just keep everything in my journal i guess and he doesn't show up until like the very end credit scene where it's like the cgi <laughs> thing of everybody hugging and he pops out of like Sora's shirt and it's like and i've been here and i was like i guess jimmy cricket <laughs> you haven't done shit maybe they did make wait isn't jimmy cricket like voiced by a pretty prominent guy probably i need to, i need to know now um because yeah, i feel like he's like uh, do, do, do. who's your voice by? Uh, well, this back then would have been, yeah, like 90, uh, 73 to 2010 is what I'm thinking of in particular with Kingdom Hearts 3. He would have been voiced by this guy, Eddie Carroll. Yeah, he he's uh, apparently like the best known voice actor for Jiminy Cricket, a Canadian actor. Uh, he played him for 35 years. <laughs> Yeah, I, maybe maybe they just didn't have the money to get him for much. That's why they just totally forget Jimmy Cricket exists in most of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking weird start to this episode. <laughs> yeah, Where somehow we talk more about... A... When did this Magical Racing Tour game release? <laughs> uh, good question. Probably like 96... Let's see. Uh, uh, no, released 2000. in 2000. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was on the... Uh, I mean, the Pacto you showed was Game Boy Color, but it was also released on PlayStation, Dreamcast, and PC, apparently. <laughs> it yeah, looks like weird. all these other characters are unique characters, or game original characters, who are supposed to be themed after specific rides, so... Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess, because like, it has, like, an... I guess like it's like an alien goofy or something that on the box art. It's the closest I could say he looks like. Uh, that would be Auto Plugnut, who is themed to the test track ride from Epcot. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, because he's even <laughs> he's even got like the Crash Test Dummy logo on his helmet. Okay, yeah, but he definitely tracks. looks like a third stringer out of Goof Troop, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely looks like he was in like two episodes or something. He's the background character that gets like dunked on for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, even the wiki- even the Wikipedia article says, with the exception of Chip Dale and Jiminy Cricket, the game's playable characters are original characters made for the game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's that's that, which is not really what I expected to start with, but it's <laughs> it is what it is. Um, wait, wait, hold, hold up! I I have to mention I have to read this part from the music section on the Wikipedia article. 
The soundtrack features authentic Disney music from the attractions with the exception of Space Mountain, which features music from the Disneyland version Rock and Roll Coaster, which does not feature Aerosmith as the actual attraction does, and Dinosaur and Blizzard Beat, which each uses tracks from Gex Enter the Gecko and Gex 3 Deep Undercover Gecko, <laughs> both of which Hedges previously composed while using an adapter rendition of a track for the latter, for the latter game. <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> I have to. I think I have to try see if I can try a ROM in this game for the fucking Let's Play stuff just to see. Because I need to see the Gex songs, I think, at this point. Because I played the first Gex. It's bad. It's dog shit. I, <laughs> but I, I'm curious now. So the thing is, is that because I played on Game Boy, I didn't, like, hear the game at all, you know? Because I always had to have it on silent so I could play in the back of the car on the way to wherever we were going. Mm-hmm. I had no idea it had music. <laughs> yeah. I guess in retrospect it's obvious, but to me it's just silent pixels sliding by. <laughs> you say that, and meanwhile, the people talking about the Legend of Korra 3DS game, like apparently I saw in the comments people said there's actually no fucking music in that entire game. <laughs> <laughs> that weird-ass Korra, but it's just straight up a, it's like a stolen, like basically to look at, basically have the same gameplay as like Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like apparently there's no music. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but hey, in better news, uh, the entirety of Mega Man NT Warrior on YouTube for free. Yay! <laughs> I don't think that anime holds up. <laughs> That's probably I mean, a fair assessment. It, it, it might in the original Japanese. I just remember the English dub had a lot of weird changes to the Americanized version because, like. Turns out they didn't much like having like the uh, the first uh, enemy net navy be called Fireman because they were like this is probably a bad look for firefighters huh if we call him Fireman even <laughs> though he's been Fireman in all the Mega Man games so he, that they recall him Torchman but Torchman is a different fire net navy from Mega Man three if I'm remembering correct or Battle Network three if I'm remembering correctly so it's like well uh, I think they had to rename that guy the Blaze Man or something I forget. <laughs> But it's like, hey, I can at least understand that why they would change the Net Navi color man to Wacko Man. He's like a clown, and it was like, it was the whole thing of him like causing like uh like traffic jams and stuff like that by changing the colors on the traffic lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I forget, I know he's in the first game as well as an enemy, as a boss, but I don't remember what his whole gimmick is because it's like I'm trying to think back to like games from like 2001. To be fair. <laughs> so it's like that makes sense. Maybe you don't want to call a character on the TV show Color Man. You know, maybe. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, probably probably not actually holding up very well. <laughs> Distinctly remember they had to change uh, Mail's name to Meilu for the dub just because, like, I guess it was a little bit too on the nose for them to be saying the word Mail as a character's name. Because, like, the whole thing in, like, Battle Network is all, like, the kid characters are, like, jokes about like computer terminology because like the main guy's LAN because mm-hmm. you know, computer LAN <laughs> and like like the other characters like Dex and I don't I don't know what Yai's name is supposed to be a pun on I know that it's like some computer thing but that's like basically everybody in that game <laughs> yeah weird Mega Man <laughs> <laughs> kind of curious to get the the Battle Network collection it's released in like a few weeks but also, I know that, like, half those games are actually not good. Because, <laughs> like, uh, 
ever since Battle Network 3, they started doing, like, the Pokemon thing of, like, here's two versions with different chips and different bosses, and it's, like, it's really not as severe as Pokemon. <laughs> but it was fine in that one, but in 4, it's, like, the entirety of 4 is, like, it's, like, a 10-hour-long game that you have to play, like, three times. <laughs> and it's, Ooh, like, that fun. sucks. Yeah. I, I skipped 5 entirely because I didn't like 4 at all, and, like, I tried playing 6 because 6 was, like, more like a, like, fused with like a weird like giant like monster from the the internet or something kind of thing because like they started like introducing like different forms and like fusion mechanics with like different net navvies and stuff to get powers to Mega Man, and then like they basically like went back on all that to do like fuse with giant monster thing instead but i never got far into six well all right yeah i suppose it's... i know nothing so <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it'd probably be helpful if you ever played the Battle Network games, which I'm assuming you did not. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Do you at least know, how, like, what they're like, like, in terms of gameplay? I am vaguely familiar with the idea, yes. Okay, then yeah, you you basically know what it is, because it's like, it's, you know, it's it's weird to say, because it's like, it really plays not like Mega Man, but it's also, like, the, my favorite Mega Man games as a result, because, like, you know, the basic Mega Man games are just like, yeah, it's got sides are all stuff and not a whole lot else. They're all yeah. pretty short. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't have a way to comment on Mega Man. <laughs> no, yeah, blue. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes these uh, different colors, if you have the different, uh, like, elemental styles on him as of Mega Man Battle Network 2 and 3. Nah, and then they took out the set, and then they took out the styles for the soul system for four and five, and then cyber the side beast I think it was in six. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's not blue. It's not Mega Man. That's all I know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes he has like wood powers instead in two and in Battle Network two and three, depending on like what uh, style you have equipped. I guess that's fair. Yeah, I mean he's still blue walking around the environment, just different color in combat. Alrighty. Um. <laughs> well, this has been a weird intro to the episode. Yeah, it really has. Like, what has this been? At least half of the intro, us talking about games we didn't play this week and barely remember. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it's like between you playing uh, Disney Magical Racing Tour well, and you Disney playing World Quest games. Magical Racing Tour, yes. <laughs> That's, I didn't even notice that it has Quest in the title. It's so hidden there in the top right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks like it's Walt Disney World Magical Racing Tour. Or, so it's like, okay, but why is Quest in there? Because <laughs> it's a quest. You gotta do the races. Or, or uh, mysterious generic things will probably happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like how you have to fucking do races in uh, Diddy Kong Racing to stop a space wizard pig. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's exactly like that. For, for, for reasons. And also Banjo and Conker are there too, for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a good racing game. <laughs> also, speaking of bad racing games, Diddy Kong Racing sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh. uh. It's only been one good kart racer series, and it's Mario Kart. <laughs> Are you sure that you don't want to try out uh, Batman Gotham City Racing for the PlayStation 1? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, it's should extraordinarily I, should I, bad. 
should I just do a grab bag of shitty racing game, like kart racers <laughs> for an episode of the Let's Play? <laughs> Get in the fucking Garfield kart, I can buy it for like two bucks on Steam. <laughs> Why would you play Garfield kart when you could play the Burger King game? There was a Burger oh, King kart game. Oh yeah, right, yeah. The, uh, it was like one of those three Burger King Xbox 360 games, right? Yeah. I would have to see if there's an Xbox 360 emulator, though. I'm pretty sure there probably is at this point. If I remember right, the uh, the racing game is the one that bricked people's consoles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. I know people liked Sneaking, and that was like the only one that people liked. <laughs> what was even the third one? Um, was it like, was it like no a Mario idea. Party game? I'm looking those up. Uh, big Bumpin'. <laughs> The fuck is that? Uh, that sounds suspicious. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's like a fucking uh, what's it called? Uh, bumper car game. Wait, they made a racing game and a bumper car game? Apparently. <laughs> okay. Weird. Yeah. Also, why is there like a lady with like a racing suit zipped down all the way through her tits on the cover of this racer? <laughs> the the king is barely on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know people like sneaking, of all things. <laughs> I hear sneaking, at least, is like a solid stealth game where you have to sneak up on people and give them hamburgers, so... <laughs> yeah, like, people even compare it to, like, the stealth in Metal Gear. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... Oh boy, I, I just am not looking at the screenshot you posted of the Batman racing game. This looks like a fucking winner. <laughs> it's a trash fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little bit of a GTA map there in the bottom left, though. <laughs> it does not help, trust me. <laughs> I, I imagine not. It looks like ass. <laughs> um, why why yeah. is there such a big timer? <laughs> Okay, yeah, so speaking of confusing cars with helpless, <laughs> with unhelpful timers, uh... <laughs> there's, no, you, there's no timer in these, I mean, unless you count the feds and, uh... Her hand has a number on it. Suit, I guess. It's counting down to something. Ah, uh, that's fair. It's counting down to her being I thought you, I thought you meant timers the in the cars themselves being weird. <laughs> uh... Like, I guess technically there's a race against some antagonistic force in both of them, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I'm just going to go ahead and dive in because we are 40 minutes yeah. deep in our intro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so my episode this week was book one, episode seven, The Chrome Car. And we open with Tulip and the gang leaving the jelly bean car. I feel like I open on everyone leaving a car every single week. That's like their go-to opening gag. It's, but... I mean, it's, it's pretty much just what they do in all the episodes, really. I mean, like, yeah, they spend a little bit more time in, like, the graph car in mine, but, like, it's mostly them just being like, yep, fuck this place, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Tulip is complaining that this train has too many cars full of stuff that gets stuck in her hair, and... Atticus agrees, because he's all furry and covered in jelly beans also, and frankly, I agree also. I don't care about personal growth. This hair took me 17 years to grow. Lay off. Um, 
But uh, unfortunately, one of these beans is so deeply stuck to Atticus that Tulip is going to have to perform surgery. So she pulls out her Swiss Army knife and flips through some of the attachments before using the scissors attachment to clip the offending hair. And a uh, couple notes here. Um, one, I have been a knife kid for my whole life, and I promise you that the scissors on a Swiss Army knife will not cut hair. They are too flimsy. Yeah, no. No way, the, not the, a chance. The, those scissors on Swiss Army knives fucking suck. <laughs> you can maybe get them to cut paper if you're lucky and try really hard for a long I, time. I've, I tried that times with the pocket knife I used to have back when I was in the Scouts. It didn't cut <laughs> anything. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, is that this knife has a mirror function on it. And I, I have never in my life seen a Swiss Army knife that had a mirror on it. If you want to look at yourself with a Swiss Army knife, you stare at your reflection in the blade and wonder what it is you've become. Full stop. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they clean up and step into the chrome car, which is mostly like a bunch of cubes and spheres and pyramids and stuff in an endless metal room. There is also apparently not much friction because Tulip can just slide around, which... I don't know if that's how Chrome works, but let's roll with it. Uh, Definitely doesn't come into a factor later on when they're running around this place. <laughs> no, it sure doesn't. <laughs> uh, Attica spots a weird dog and starts barking at it, because he's confused about how this weird dog has managed to obtain the crown of Corginia, but actually it's just his reflection, so Tulip has to help him out with this a little bit. Uh, we'll find out later that he's never like seen his reflection before, so... <laughs> <laughs> Even, like i get it yeah it, it... <laughs> yeah it's it's another like you know like pet seeing the reflection and like attacking at it sort of reaction but it's like it still does make sense like they actually no it doesn't make sense when i think about it. they had all that like fancy like technology and like automatic scratchers and feeders and stuff in corginia how did they not have a single mirror <laughs> uh, well all those things if you remember they were like leather bound or whatever so you couldn't see uh... yourself reflected in the metal plates so I suppose. <laughs> the uh, secret of the technology is kept by the uh, artificer dogs who do not let the mirrors escape for fear of what it, might happen. Um, and, so, and somehow in the months of traveling across the train, they've not seen any other reflective surface since. <laughs> I guess not, no. <laughs> um, Wait, wasn't there one that they said that they like like went across like on a boat or something like that? Like when he have, like looked in the water and seen his reflection? Uh, that's a decent question. So what will be? You know what? We'll just have to talk about that later. I, I, I can't <laughs> skip ahead that far. Um, mm -hmm. so we get a montage of them just sliding around and making faces in the mirror, having fun. Or Tulip heads to the door because you know it's just right over there. But unfortunately, it is locked, so she figures there's probably a puzzle or something, but in the middle of asking if the others remember one of the other cars, she looks down to see that her reflection isn't, you know, mirroring her anymore, which freaks her out. Uh, one one has a little bit about not remembering Woe because he doesn't remember things very well since the change, which was his new haircut, didn't they notice? Uh, editor's note, there is no new haircut. Um, but, but, no, there is. I got one. I got one yesterday. <laughs> Anyone might not have, but I got one. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, Tulip asks if uh, their reflections are broken also, but the Tulip in the floor just starts talking and yells that she isn't broken. Because the thing is, is that this car works a little different than the others. Basically, the mirror Tulip has to open the door, and our Tulip has to be the reflection. 
So our Tulip is a little sus about this on account of just having been sucked into a VHS tape the other day. Yeah, but... fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> totally accurate assumption to make here if you're like, oh, I need to be sucked into some other fucking weird plane of existence? Fuck that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Mirror Tulip says that that is just fine. Well, they just have to do like a specific dance move thing and they can swap worlds open the door, bada boom. It's like, you know... They can be skeptical all they want, but if they don't do this thing, they'll be stuck here forever, and that gets real boring real fast. She would know. Um, I'm not super sure how she would know, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Well, no, we can talk about it now. This isn't a spoiler. So she's Tulip's reflection. She's been with Tulip her entire life, reflecting Mm -hmm. her. But, like, she says that she can't leave the car and it's super boring in the car, but how would she know it's super boring in the car? She just got here, like, ten minutes ago. Yeah, like, unless, like, if Tulip's... Re- like, I guess maybe the implication is whenever, like, a person isn't seeing their reflection in, like, a surface or anything in, like, you know, the overall normal world, it's, like, the mirror... Pe- like, the reflection of them goes and lives in the cart, uh, in the car, and then they basically get summoned out of there when the person does walk in front of a reflective surface. Uh, maybe? That would make more sense. It doesn't... We don't get a lot of discussion of the metaphysics of what's happening in this episode. It all just kind of happens and we have to deal with it. (laughs) They only got ten minutes. They don't have time to explain that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, our tulip agrees to do this thing, and they do this, like, stomp thing where Mirror Tulip is in the floor underneath her, and they sort of step on each other's foot, which rotates them and swaps them into the other realities. So our Tulip is in the mirror world now, and Mirror Tulip is in the real world. But uh, she's not in color anymore. She's all, like, reflect- reflective chrome. She's, I guess, made of metal, because uh, mirrors are made of metal? Question mark. It's not, again, not really yeah, explained. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of implied, though, that she must be made of metal, because, like, when, later on, spoilers, when Tulip does, like, pulled her out of the mirror world, she's, like, acting like, all right, please stand on your own feet, please, because oh, yeah, like, she's no. holding her by her legs, and it's, like, clearly weighs a ton. Yeah, Mirror Tulip is absolutely made of metal. Uh, the question is, like, why? Because mirrors aren't. <laughs> But... I guess it's just because, like, I don't know, the chrome car overall is, like, a shiny reflective surface, so they're like, oh, what would be shiny and reflective? A person, like, you know, basically, like, putting on the fucking metal cap in Mario 64. <laughs> like, the metal cap just makes you be all reflective as well, because, you know, it's, like, 60, and then 64 uh, textures. I suppose. <laughs> but, yeah, um... They, they time it out, and the two tulips open the door at uh, the same time on both sides of the world, which works perfectly. Everything is going great, the door is open, and this episode is over. There's only eight minutes left. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> our tulip asks if they do the stomp thing again to switch back, and Mirror Tulip admits that it is, but actually they're just not going to do that. Uh, one one and Atticus barely register this and instead start having a conversation about what to call our tulip as if i hadn't established this as the standard convention last week but (laughs) air tulip i'm probably gonna start shortening that to mt real quick because like we're gonna talk about them going back and forth so mt and oc if you need it (laughs) and and also i mean to be fair like mt is what they go by in season two when they show up again Spoilers for that, even though I feel like everybody knows that MT is a major character. I mean, they're mirror to in season two, so... Uh, 
Oh, I saw that there was like a credit word they referred to as MT. Maybe there's one part of their like part of their story is figuring out what to call themselves. So it's possible that my credit might change with their figuring themselves out. Who knows? Gotcha. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter. They can just keep calling Tulip Tulip because uh, they're not going to swap back. No, I already read that line. <laughs> um, okay, yes. So they're not going to swap back, and they can just keep calling her Tulip because Mirror Tulip isn't Tulip. Uh, since she's not a reflection anymore, she doesn't have to do these stupid and terrible things that OT cares about, like coding or eating onions. Uh, honestly, though... <laughs> nightmare if you are a reflection and forced to eat onions whole like oh yeah 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 like if you're like god what is my fucking prime version of myself like what is their fucking appetite like god eat eat some actual fucking food please (laughs) (laughs) well yeah no she's ready to get out there and explore the world on her own and wants to touch trees and smell stuff because she's just been trapped in the mirror this whole time and one one suggests... No, you missed you miss the great you missed the great uh, joke that she wants to go touch grass. <laughs> she specifically wants to touch trees. Could not care less about grass. <laughs> trees are a part of grass. It's big grass. <laughs> That's not, That's not don't how trust, that works. Don't trust don't trust big grass, kids. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> It's all plants. It's all it's all the same in a sense. Um, also, there's no fucking grass in the way, you know, like the area outside the tent. Where's she gonna touch grass? I guess she'd have to go all the way back to the corgi car, <laughs> or the unfinished car, or the beach car. Um, oh uh, yeah, or the beach car. Yeah, fair. Yeah, one one suggests uh, asphalt and gasoline and sulfur and petroleum products as good smells, and I'm not super sure if that's sarcasm or if he doesn't know what they smell like or if he's just a robot and enjoy those scents it's again it's just a one-liner that you're not supposed to think about um hey to be to be fair i kind of like the smell of gas <laughs> like in terms of like not gas leaks in your house <laughs> i mean <laughs> like uh it's like the what's called the one like uh freaking amusement park i used to go to at times in pennsylvania when you'd be there like one that has like an antique cars raid and it's like yeah they smell like gasoline and i was like oh that's the antique car smell ah <laughs> uh, yes the tomorrowland speedway <laughs> <laughs> well i'm talking more about knobles <laughs> which is weird that that's how knobles is pronounced even though it's k-n at the start of the word at the word so it's like you think it would just be nobles but no it's actually pronounced knobles while they're having this conversation, uh, Mirror Tulip throws her backpack off and crushes her glasses and takes down her hair and just lets it get wild all over the place, because this is the first time she has ever been able to express herself in a way that wasn't physically forced on her. So she's just kind of wilding out. I get it. Which, um, which, yeah, big big mood, but also need to bring up how she managed to like undo her hair if she's made of metal. Wouldn't that just be a solid metal block? Well, no, each individual <laughs> hair is made of metal, but they're not, like one solid unit it's sculpted <laughs> i guess i'm pretty sure that's not how metal hair would work though sure it is i mean mm. wheel out a fine enough line of whatever metal you're working with and it'll be a, I essentially guess. a fabric it'll I be incredibly those. brittle but <laughs> might she break her glasses though if she's if she's a reflection of tulip wouldn't she have the same bad eyesight that she would need glasses though 
Well, that's the thing, because the reflections are explicitly not the people they reflect. They're just like totally separate people who are forced to look like and copy their human counterparts. So uh, yeah, I don't I think she yeah. does need glasses. But, I mean, clearly she doesn't. She sees just fine without them. Maybe, but maybe maybe her metallic eyes are like contact lenses, and she doesn't need them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she even needs that. I think she is literally physically a different person who doesn't have the same eyesight, who just is forced to pretend because of the way mirrors work. It's kind of nightmarish. We should maybe stay in the chrome car and bust everybody out. This is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but the, at least in that in the, at least in that scenario, you wouldn't get people just uh, starting to suspect that you're a vampire if they can't see your reflection, because everybody wouldn't have reflections. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely somebody who does who knows that Tulip does not reflection later on and tries to stake her, because it's like, clearly this Tulip is a vampire. She's gone for like half a year... Yeah, she got vampire. She got vamped. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, so while Mirror Tulip is out here just figuring out how physical existence works, uh, Original Tulip realizes that if her reflection is a different person, then the others must be too. So she starts chatting with Mirror Atticus in 1 1. And uh, Mirror Atticus is kind of just a scaredy cat because this is effectively his first day on the job because he doesn't know how any of this works. So, like. Atticus has never seen his reflection before, so he's never barked at his reflection before, so this guy is just terrified of Atticus barking at him constantly. <laughs> Poor dude. But, Leave the poor guy be. Yeah, he says that the only place he's ever been refre reflected before is a river, so I guess it's different enough that Atticus didn't realize it looked like him because of the motion of the water. Or something. I don't oh, it, it maybe maybe it was back in episode three when he was like trying to get out of Tulip's arms because he's a corgi and doesn't like to be picked up when he he was crossing the river. So maybe he was reflected there, but Atticus didn't see him. Well, maybe, but like Corginia is right on the river. It seems it would seem weird to me for him to go his entire life living ten feet away from a river and never looking at it. <laughs> I mean, they know they drown in the river because it's two feet deep. Maybe they just don't go out near it at all. I guess that's fair, yeah. <laughs> also, I guess this brings up the larger question of does time progress inside each of these cars if uh, if a passenger isn't actually in them? <laughs> uh, yes. It does. Okay. I cannot offer you a solid example of that, but I'm pretty sure that it is true. <laughs> um, okay. So it's not just more weird... Uh, train bullshit. <laughs> I, does I think we got direct confirmation of that in season two, but it's been a while. I can't say that for sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Mirror One One though is just a narc. There's no sad one, glad one here. There's just Karen One. Um, mm -hmm. Just pure serious, pure solemn. Called the cops ten minutes ago, even though the crime hadn't happened yet. Yep, ABAB, all bots are bastards. Yeah, Mirror 1-1 one, one is the worst. I hate this guy. But, yeah, so the reflection enforcement show up. Uh, they're going to be referred to as the Flex here, because reflection. And they have a police van and an ambulance. So the uh, Mirror paramedics give M-A and M-O, I guess. M-O hyphen-O? M-O-O. Yeah. Moo. 
<laughs> they get like reflective heating blankets and hot cocoa, and then they get wheeled away. So I guess Atticus and One One just don't have reflections anymore. Uh, and then like two weird robot people show up. These are I I, I don't know how to feel about them. So Mirror Tulip is basically just tulip but made of metal but these guys mm-hmm. are super like robot detective coded the one is in a trench coat and a like cowboy hat and the other one is extremely robocop it, yeah i don't know what so, their deal so is i have i have an interesting bit of trivia here regarding one of their voice actors because like i didn't even realize that you know they might be the flex because they're reflective mm-hmm. but what i did notice here is that one of them is voiced by uh the guy who played Jeffrey Fleck in RoboCop 3. So I was reading that and I was like, oh, do they call him the Flex as like a nod to RoboCop 3? Because one of these guys is straight up just RoboCop? <laughs> I mean, maybe. That's... Yeah, potentially. Maybe it's a double pun of Reflective and also Jeffrey Fleck. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to that later on when we get to the actual trivia for these guys, though. But I meant to, I wanted to bring that up because it's like, oh, I didn't even think Reflective, but it's like... Maybe it's a double pun for both. <laughs> I don't know which voice actor did which, but I have to wonder if they maybe redesigned him to be more RoboCop-like after they got the RoboCop actor. <laughs> mm, maybe. Either way, uh, they asked Tulip if she is Tulip Prime, which is a term I have specifically avoided up until now, thanks to having just done She-Ra, but thanks for breaking the streak, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to be saying Prime a lot through the rest of this episode. I was really trying to avoid that, but I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. They made it textual. Well, um, I guess we can never cover any Transformers thing ever. <laughs> Although I feel like in that case, we would be more calling Optimus Prime Optimus more than Prime as shorthand. Even though, like, I know Megatron mostly, from my recollection of stuff like Beast Wars, he mostly calls Optimus Prime most of the time instead. Yeah, well, I mean... I think. My Transformers is fairly limited, but my understanding is that Prime is a rank, so yeah, like, like, it would like be the, weird there's to like call the 12. him that unless you yeah, are there's... just being a dick. <laughs> yeah, there's like the 12 Primes or whatever, but I think like in most of the continuities, they're either like so far off world or something, or the rest of them are dead and Optimus is like the last one or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah either way, um, they say that she's not in trouble because it doesn't matter that she got tricked because uh, Slivers will do anything to get out. Slivers, of course, being uh, horrific monsters from the uh, Dominaria plane of Magic the Gathering. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw a Slivers deck. (laughs) They're they're basically like uh, Xenomorphs, but worse. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're like uh, multi-elemental cards, right? uh, Not exactly. Like, they have this um, reflective ability, so anything that one Sliver can do, every other Sliver near it can do. Uh, I gotcha. So, like, if one of them can fly, then suddenly all of them in the area can fly, and so on oh, and so gotcha. on. gotcha. Right. Okay. They, they turn into death waves really fast. Um, <laughs> uh, either way, they, uh, the, the, the tough one with the cowboy hat, who is called Mace, tells his Robocop partner, who is Siv, to get the sander, because they are planning to sand Mirror Tulip down into nothing, because I guess that's how you kill Chrome. Uh... Siv is hesitant, but uh, this is the only way to make sure the Prime World stays safe, so they're going to do it anyway. Uh, Tulip protests, insisting that, you know, they can't kill Mirror Tulip. She thought they were just going to send her to jail or whatever, so, uh... <sighs> you know. Yeah, definite, definite uh, reflective of the real world in terms of cops' escalating violence a lot of the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
But uh, yeah, they say that if uh, if Mirror Tulip isn't doing the reflection thing, she cannot exist. So death penalty immediately. I'm really hoping Tulip learned a lesson from this, and it is to never call the cops. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we won't because we only have two oh, more episodes. Well, yeah, of that's her. fair. <laughs> um, yeah, so they they force her in the back of the van and start to drive off for her safety, of course. We wouldn't want her anywhere near a dangerous criminal that we're going to murder. But uh, apparently one of the tools on her knife is a lockpick, so this is just the best Swiss Army knife ever. Because she I just... think it's... I, I, I thought it was more like a screwdriver and she used it to pick the lock. I mean, you cannot use a screwdriver to pick a lock. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, but the train. this train makes no fucking sense anyway. If you told me that on this train you can use a screwdriver to pick a lock, I'd be like, okay, sure. <laughs> I will grant you that you can use a screwdriver to pick a lock if you are hitting it with a hammer and just busting through the lock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would do it regardless. <laughs> uh, Let me. I'm, I'm looking at the video. I'm looking at the episode right now to see. Uh, okay, it's it's okay. There's no like zoom in on it, so it is like the, she definitely like it's like something that's long, but it's like it's too hard to see if it is like a screwdriver. <laughs> but that's what I read it as. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so since since she jumped out of the car, like, they really don't bother chasing her since she's not technically the criminal, although I guess now that she's evading arrest, she is. Uh, better watch <laughs> out for that Sandra Tulip. Um, but yeah, they're, they're more concerned with Mirror Tulip, so they instead jump out and start to put on these gross rubbery suits and... I think the idea is that they're meant to be like the texture of latex gloves, but the implication is that they're skin suits, so it's gross. Yeah, so, so that they can actually go out into the prime world or whatever. Yeah, and also uh, mace grabs. It's it's shaped like a tonfa, but it's a belt sander. It would be kind of cool if it wasn't specifically a murder weapon and nothing else. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Prime Atticus warns them not to do anything because he's here watching them in the mirror and, you know, he might be a pacifist, but he'll be a warrior if he has to. And then they start pushing their way out of the chrome like it's a diaphanous membrane that they're just ripping their way through. It is super gross. Yeah. Also, I will point out, Atticus has never been a pacifist. (laughs) (laughs) The very first episode he introduced, he tries to kill the the big robot thing. (laughs) He He's did. on this mission explicitly to bring it to justice, in his own words. That is that is to kill it. <laughs> he didn't try to kill Tulip right away. <laughs> well, no, but that's because Tulip was a visitor to his, his kingdom, so therefore she has visitors' like protection rights compared to <laughs> the other monster that showed up and started like laying waste to it and messing around with the environment. That gets the death penalty. <laughs> Yeah, monsters that destroy the environment should get the death penalty. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both look at the camera. <laughs> My non existent web camera. <laughs> yeah, so back in Prime World, Mirror Tulip is running out of here. She's heading back towards the jelly bean car. But as she leaves, uh, Original Tulip calls out to her, just begging her not to trap her in the mirror. And uh, Mirror Tulip says she has to, because it's the only way she can be free. But when she tries to step out of the car, it does not work. Her foot is, like, goo-attached to the ground. It's 
Despite the themes of this episode and everything it's about, they just really worked in the gross slime. I don't... <laughs> yep. <laughs> the words, the terrible gooey chrome bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, please, please stop. <laughs> yeah, even here in the real world, she still cannot leave the car. Uh, our Tulip offers to help, but uh, MT is kind of skeptical because she's been with Tulip for her whole life, so she knows how she is with uh, sitting alone and ignoring everyone and never asking for help sort of stuff. Uh, our Tulip kind of insists that she's not ignoring anyone, but this falls apart really quick because Mirror Tulip calls her out on how she pretends not to see texts from Michaela and ignores Mom when she's calling for dinner because she's quote-unquote too busy building her game and just like... Wow. <laughs> yep. Shots fucking fired. Uh-huh. Yep. So Tulip admits that, yeah, she's pretty bad at being around people, and she's worse at asking for help, but that doesn't matter right now because the cops are coming, and she doesn't want Mirror Tulip to get hurt, so they should work together. But uh, MT doesn't really care because she can't leave, so she might as well die, huh? She doesn't have a name. She's basically just nothing. There, there's no point in any of this. But, uh... So this is a really weird... Tulip, Prime Tulip, hates this. Like, she has an extreme visceral reaction to Mirror Tulip saying she shouldn't exist. But, uh, then her argument is, no, you are someone. <laughs> it's just... It's like an outsized reaction for basically yeah. no argument whatsoever. Mirror, Mirror Tulip having a, like, long, like existential crisis and tulips is like no <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't agree with your uh, assertion of the facts and she's like okay i guess <laughs> so yeah to her credit i guess tulip is like 12 13 i forgot what we said she was in the first episode so she probably hasn't dealt with this kind of emotional experience before but yeah like it's just absolutely not any kind of an answer to the points that Mirror Tulip has made. Um, uh, apparently, yeah, in the series she is 13. She's 13, 12 in the pilot, yeah. though. Yeah. Wow, it's weird how she was on the train and then got off the train and then got back on the train after her birthday. <laughs> Gets on the train, forgets somehow about the weird bullshit interdimensional train, then decides to get back on the train. <laughs> Oh, weird. Her, her having, like, really large circular glasses in the pilot is so strange. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything else about her design is, like, pretty much the same. It's, like, the hair color is a little bit more red, but it's, like, the glasses just being massive and, like, larger than her head in a sense. It's, like, that's that's strange. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely cartoonier back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... She says that uh, if they switch back, she's got a plan, actually. She thinks she can get Mirror Tulip out of here. So, uh, they do. Uh, Mirror Tulip, still crying about, you know, everything, just sort of taps OT's hand and they swap back, and then they're in action mode. Uh, They're both running for the other end of the car, and on the way they find 1-1 doing something to Mace and Siv, um... The, the two halves have are split, and they're each sitting on the head of one of these agents who is trying to push their way out of the floor, and one one says that they're melting people, and there's definitely a liquid chrome leaking out of their eye sockets, but I have no idea what is happening here. Like It's like, there, it seems like, like with them not having those protective things in like the real world, their like, metallic chrome stuff is like all melty, even though like this doesn't apply to 
mirror tulip but i guess because like she's a reflection of tulip compared to these guys being like their own like weird chrome police dudes i guess like maybe they can't exist in the real world as easily which is why they need this stuff i don't know well because that's the thing right the the eye sockets on these skin masks are already open so if it was just a matter of them needing that layer, then you would think that the eye sockets would be enough for them to start melting out of their eyes. But one one is basically, as far as I can tell, he's just sitting on their head and like screwing with the way the mask scrunches up around the face, and that's causing them to melt, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Also, just randomly seeing here, apparently they joked at one point that Tulip's whole name was Tulip Beetlejuice Van Helsing. <laughs> Even though it's very much not that, because she's Tulip Helsing, but it's like... <laughs> I right, mean, that's just... cooler, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then being like, oh, it's a direct reference to like the protagonist of Dracula, and also like the star Be- Beetlejuice. <laughs> I wouldn't call Van Helsing the protagonist of Dracula. He's more like this dude who shows up halfway through the book and is all, oh, hey, by the way, have you uh, heard of Vampires? I don't know. The, the Infinity Train wiki says Van Helsing is a direct reference to Abraham Van Helsing, the main protagonist of Dracula, so unless you're telling me this wiki is wrong... It definitely <laughs> is. I take offense to that. Don't you remember all the nice trivia that the Shira wiki had for us about <laughs> this is the episode that takes place when Tulip, when not Tulip, when uh, Glimmer gets her powers back. Like, thanks. <laughs> At least it was no accurate. <laughs> True. I guess there's that, even if it was not trivia and just a one sentence long summary of the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So yeah. I- Regardless of the reason, they are melting, and the only real reason we get for it is one one is claiming he's responsible. So maybe one one just has the power to melt people. Who knows? But <laughs> he's got he's got little heat vents on the undersides of each of his halves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> essentially, shitting on these men. <laughs> <laughs> so. Like, oh, I, I have excess heat buildup. I haven't got vented all day. just murder two guys by melting them by essentially farting on them (laughs) yeah so one one and atticus square up to head out with tulip which uh lets the flex stop melting they like reform so whatever they were leaking clearly wasn't that important to them but they also see that uh tulip and mirror swapped back so Mace sends Siv out into the Prime World to chase Tulip Prime, while Mace stays in the Mirror World to follow Mirror Tulip. I don't super know why they're chasing Tulip Prime at this point, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably just because they like realize that they're working together now, so they're like, "Oh, let's stop her from doing whatever she plans on doing to help uh, Mirror Tulip." I don't like I mean, that. Would make they, sense they, if they had observed anything. But they didn't. They just know that they've swapped back. Like, they didn't see any of that other scene. They were busy melting, so... Well, again, yeah, to be fair. But also, they are cops, so it's like, of course, they're going to escalate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so they... Uh, Civ isn't happy about this, because apparently they're supposed to maintain the body system at all times. But uh, he does it anyway, because Mace is a jerk. So... <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they approach the door, and our tulip sort of flips open her multi-tool to get to that mirror, and slaps it onto the floor. So she's created a reflection of mirror tulip, because mirror tulip is reflecting in the mirror that is in the pocket knife. So when 
Mirror Tulip reaches up and swaps places with her reflection. She becomes the prime world version, and the reflection becomes in the mirror, so that it's it's weird. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 one of those cases where you just like it's it's like a neat scene, but also oh, you're not supposed really to weird. think about this. You're <laughs> yeah, really not supposed yeah, to think about it yeah. at all. <laughs> it's it's a little interesting that we're like you know. We went from, like, we started this whole series with, like, oh, yeah, Owl House takes a lot of, like, time to actually explain how the magic works. And, like, yeah, sometimes they kind of bullshit things, like, with <laughs> Wizards itself, but don't worry about that. That's early season bullshit. Compared to this, where it's like, yeah, it's the weird bullshit of the train. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, like, I get why we're rushing through. We definitely don't have time to explain everything, but it's also kind of hard to follow the action of why this is happening. But, yeah. Yeah, so... This is a little bit of a weird thing, but presumably Tulip's knife vanishes into the reflection when Mirror Tulip comes into the Prime World, but actually no, it's just stuck to her arm. So, um, <laughs> it's, I guess, magnetic now. I don't, again, question marks. But yeah, so uh, Tulip finds herself just sort of dangling Mirror Tulip by the ankles, and though we don't see it happen... Presumably, Mirror Tulip gets the unique and first-time experience of being dropped on her head because she is a statue made out of metal. Um, <laughs> so Mace is like chasing them this whole time, and right as Mirror Tulip is getting pulled out of the mirror world, he goes at her with the sander. So he cuts a good bit of her hair off, which leaves her with this sort of weird, like dandelion-looking haircut. But. <laughs> Yeah, so on the Prime World side, Siv is chasing him down, but Atticus rips the hand of his suit off, which, like, causes his internal chrome to, like, reestablish its connection to the mirror, and he gets glooped to the floor again, like Mirror Tulip was before. So, again, this is entirely hypothetical, but I'm thinking that probably the way these suits work is that by putting on the gross skin, they, like, inhibit the connection to the mirror, because the latex keeps them from reflecting. So yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, but when the hand comes off, it, yeah. Again, I'm just pure spitballing here. <laughs> um. yeah. It does also bring it does bring up a little bit of an issue where they're like, we can't let a reflection get into the prime world, and it's like, well, she's stuck in the car anyway. She doesn't have one of these skin suits, so unless she beats one of you guys up, takes it. She can't get out of the car anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wanted to wreak havoc in the prime world? Which is to say, this 20 by 20 space. Her <laughs> <laughs> just being like, well, then I'm going to make it a fucking living hell for everybody that comes into this fucking car, then, if I can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> just kicking over everything in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, so everybody charge, well, all of our folks charge into the next car, which is the pencil bank car. And our tulip thinks it's kind of a bummer of a first car to go into, but, uh... Mirror Tulip is just thrilled to be seeing something in real life for once, so... Our Tulip... I don't know how this works. She, like, slides the mirror tool out of the pocket knife, which was stuck to Mirror Tulip's arm, and leaves this one tool behind. That's not how Swiss Army knives work. But I guess... Don't worry about it. <laughs> if this mirror is stuck to Mirror Tulip, then she can't get sucked back into the mirror world and... Uh, <laughs> it's I don't know. it's so and much. That's the end of the podcast because uh, this episode gave my co-host a heart attack. <laughs> uh, Slash brain aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, that's more likely. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess she just has to have this mirror stuck to her arm for the rest of her life, or she'll fall back into the reflection world? I don't... There's so much going on here that they don't talk about, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prime Tulip suggests that they keep moving, but Mirror Tulip doesn't really want that, because she's spent her whole life doing what Tulip did, so she is ready for some freedom. Uh, they shake hands, and before they part ways... Mirror Tulip says that she doesn't actually need that glove anymore, so she just kind of pulls it off and throws it aside to reveal that she doesn't have a number. So, cool. But she also says that original Tulip doesn't need her glove, because it's like, who cares what the train thinks? You should just live your own life. Like, don't be a reflection. Come on. Get the metaphor. So, don't let the train don't let the train say you can't be trans on the train. Yeah. <laughs> so they they wish each well, she wishes Tulip and the gang good luck, and Tulip wishes her reflection a good life, uh, whoever they turn out to be. So the gang carry on, short on reflection, Tulip is a vampire now, and as they <laughs> leave the pencil bank car, Tulip pulls her glove off to reveal that her number is all the way down to three. Ba ba bum. And then the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick note, though, before we break off, like, if Mirror Tulip isn't going forward with the rest of them, the only way she can go is back into the chrome car, right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's... Maybe her plan is to just let, wait until the train cars get rearranged again, so this way they take the pencil bank car somewhere uh. else. So boring. (laughs) But yeah, um, I think this is probably my favorite episode of the season so far. It's as much as I struggle with the physics of what's going on, Mm -hmm. or metaphysics maybe would be a better word for it. Mm -hmm. It's it's very, I think it's much more contained in a theme. It's not Tulip learning the same lesson again. It's legitimately about learning to grow and help people and pick who you want to be so uh, i just just really dig it plus i love the chrome aesthetic <laughs> yeah it is it's definitely been the most interesting of the episodes so far because a lot of them have just been like hey, here's the wacky thing we're doing with like the train car that's all like discombobulated with turtle people in it or the whatever was really going on with the crystal car <laughs> yeah and like Obviously, this is a little more personal on my end, but one of the characters I'm playing in my uh, my home game is uh, extremely based on Mirror Tulip in terms of aesthetics. So, like this, this really is uh, an impactful character to me. Yeah, I mean, there is like so much trans trans allegory going on with them in particular, just in this one episode, and I'm sure there probably will be a lot more in season two. Yeah. It's very, like, I didn't know, know, I was trans back then. I I knew, but I wasn't, like, out about it, so it's fascinating Mm -hmm. to me how much I clicked onto this sort of... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that character is uh, just 100% empty, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. Do we want to move on to today, or do you want to do the, uh, the Patreon plug now? Yeah, so that's halfway through the episode, and I absolutely forgot to do it last episode, so thank you for reminding me. You, you did it, I think, near the end, yeah. Yeah, I did it at the end instead of in the middle. But yeah, so 
Just a brief jump into our Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash usweirdos. If I am remembering are you all well correctly, and I am not. It's Us Weirdos cast. Great job, me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, was, so I was about to see. I was, I was about to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just the same as the Twitter oh. handle. Yeah. Um, so, the, like, <laughs> we have our Patreon, which we've been talking about for a little while now. You know, it's uh, Us Weirdos cast at patreon.com, where we have an entirely separate podcast, The Axe Files, a weekly show about idiot teenagers with a death wish, and they're not getting any smarter, y'all. <laughs> no, if anything, they seem to get dumber at times. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's... It's pretty wild. I think we just were partway through recording uh, book four now, and y'all, things aren't looking up for these kids. No, yeah, they they uh, they almost immediately drowned. They almost they also almost immediately got uh, eaten by sharks. I hope everybody likes getting yurked, because with these kids on the job, that's the. T- <laughs> uh... Again, I can't help but feel like that's one of these books real quickly. <laughs> but seriously, other than that, we also have a bunch of extra content. Every week I do a uh, full-on gay book recommendation slash review. That usually clocks in at about 200, 250 words. It's not just me giving you a title and saying go for it. I'm telling you about this stuff. And, of course, uh, Vivian, you've got your own project, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, every week I sit down at my computer Saturday afternoon and I was like, what on here do I want to play? Because like I started playing uh, a Nuzlocke of Ultra Sun and Moon, aka the fucking hardest Pokemon games to Nuzlocke, because a lot of people have max IV and perfect EV Pokemon, and uh, the main guy on the box art is a run killer, unless you have a very specific <laughs> idea in mind. It, you can kind of tease it a little bit if you have the right Pokemon. I don't yet at the moment, but also, I'm nowhere near Ultra Necrozma yet. Uh, but yeah, no, I also just, like, at times, I'm like, I've just had so many deaths, I need to play something else. So I've played stuff like uh, Phantom Brigade, which is that big, like, zombie mech game that Austin Walker popped off about a few months ago. <laughs> I've also just recently put up one in the early hours of uh, Honkai Star Rail, which I'm sure we'll get into it on the podcast proper soon. Because, <laughs> oh boy, gosh of hell again. Here we come. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time, and there is plenty of content waiting for you at the Us Weirdos Patreon. But, of course, there is another thing that we do for our patrons, and that is our shoutouts. Uh, so last week... We had a trigger harpy to our numbers, and, you know, very much welcome. We're glad to have you. And, of course, we've also got Aurora Borealis, who's been here for, I mean, the very beginning, honestly. I think, like, the day yeah, before the podcast went live, she was already signed on somehow. And uh, I, I think that's the case, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we've got another new addition to the ranks this week. So thank you very, very much, Bookcase Queen. We're thrilled that you're here. <laughs> Uh, and uh yeah just thanks to our special patrons who make this show possible and we hope you are enjoying the book club <laughs> and also watching me get just so many pokemon murdered <laughs> you know if you play a game about books then we really could call it the book club because then it... <laughs> Well, I mean, again, I, you showed me that shitty Game Boy Color Animorphs That's true, game. yeah. That's, uh, that's based on a book. I'm still kind of curious to check it out. It's on a yeah. fucking whim. So, yeah, so. 
Uh, thanks so much, y'all, and I think it's time for to get back to the show. Yep, thanks everybody. But yeah, uh, so then episode 8 of season 1 is the ball pit car, which uh, <laughs> starts with the group waking up in a, well, I, I wrote business report car, I looked it up later on, it was called the graph car, <laughs> officially, uh, where Tulip and one one brush their teeth, in air quotes with one one because one one doesn't really <laughs> have teeth, uh, and Atticus needs help with his fur being all poofy from apparently the previous car they were at was the Luau car, which, I mean, they woke up just now, and it's like, okay, so you had the Luau car yesterday, and I guess you got to this car late at night, but you didn't deal with this poofy hair at the time, nope. I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Too, what too late, gotta, gotta wait. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, they just declare bankruptcy to get the graph car to finish and to let them get out. <laughs> and then they enter the episode's namesake, where they all take a quick break to play in the ball pits, ignoring that there's absolutely 100% pee and vomit in those things, because it's a ball pit. <laughs> it's a magic train ball pit. It might be cleaner than true, ours. True, true, yeah. But uh, in the real world, every ball pit has piss and shit in it <laughs> and vomit. <laughs> Maybe not so much shit, but still. <laughs> the thing is, is that it's extremely hard to clean a ball pit. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's why they're a nightmare. <laughs> they're just awful. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but Tulip remarks that she'll miss stuff like this once she gets home, which I guess is just her referring to just some of the fun stuff on the train and not just ball pits in general, I guess. <laughs> or maybe she's like, oh, well, well, once I get home, I'm an adult then. I can't, I can't go and play with ball pits. I'm an adult. <laughs> Which, to be fair, you shouldn't play with ball pits anyway because they suck. Uh, but it's just, again, her conceding that game design camp is definitely over and that she kind of just wants to go home instead of trying to go to Oshkosh in general now. <laughs> and then she thanks Atticus for sticking with her just because she's like, oh, you didn't really have to come with me on this whole thing anyway. Because, uh, yeah, she gets self-conscious about the various personal junk that she's been going through re recently. <laughs> just in terms of, like, between the cat car and the previous car. Uh, but basically, he just uh, says that he da, 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 insists that they're friends and a team, and that he still has to bring that monster to justice. So it's like, yep, it's my personal duty to be here, but also that aside, I want to be here for you. <laughs> so yay, we're, we're getting uh, the Atticus-focused uh, episode at the, top, at the top of this, basically, aka <laughs> foreshadowing for bad stuff. <laughs> Like, even, though, even knowing what happens, like, if you didn't know, it's like, uh, yeah, they're definitely setting up for something here if, I, if they're doing, like, the Atticus's motivation and being a good friend thing. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> I've seen an animation before. I know where this is going. <laughs> uh, but at that, they hear somebody calling for help and pull out a little stuffed bunny guy who calls himself Khaki Bottoms. Uh, and they introduce themselves, like, always to him. Uh... <laughs> And he says that he has an artifact that has to be returned to its rightful place, which is one of those... I don't know how to describe those things. It's the goopy, water-filled, sparkly things that you get in, like, shitty, like, prize counters. At, like, like uh, places like Chuck E. Cheese and whatnot. Yeah, and if you get a really good one, it's like a tube, and you can rotate the plastic through it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what those things are actually called. <laughs> he calls it a Jiggle Wiggle, just because, I guess, because it has to have a funny name, because it's... A legendary artifact or whatever. And he says that there are rewards in it for those who help him return it to its rightful place. So they accompany him in basically what he calls out the ball pit trials, which is just like it's just it's just like ball pit like toy like 
playset stuff of just like those rolly ramps, like the tic tac toe wall and like the dangly noodles <laughs> things. It's 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 really just nothing. <laughs> but they arrive at what basically looks like uh, his bedroom more or less, because it's like it has like a little like prize section, but there's straight up just a bed in there. So it's like this is just where this dude sleeps. <laughs> uh, and also one of the prizes is a randall in a jar. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> It's just, it's, like, it's just like a vase with a randall in there. Yeah, <laughs> just hanging chill. out. Yeah. It's just hanging out. It's just having fun. So I guess uh, I didn't have to ask a few episodes ago if Randall comes back because he's right here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he places the artifact in its spot and he then lets him choose a prize as help and one of them just ends up picking the same watery thing because uh, he says it's the best item. So why wouldn't you pick it? So mission successful. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess. Yep, definitely not at all going to undo the effort of having to bring that back here if you're taking it with you. <laughs> but in any case, at that point, uh, again, we mentioned their name before. We're just going to say it here because they're going to come up a lot in this episode and the next two. But the steward shows up with its tendrils emerging across the ball pit playpen area. I guess playpen is like the way to describe it. Those like big like things from like a McDonald's or whatever. That's fair. Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. we hadn't said that word until now, though. So I guess the yeah, that's the big robot with the tentacles, y'all. <laughs> oh, we 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 said we brought up uh, the steward's voice actor before in episode three. Did we? Okay. When they first, I thought I definitely did. I definitely did say like in the descriptor we were talking referring to them as just like a big robot thing. But I remember with the VA part, I did say spoilers for the name of it. It's the steward. Okay, fair enough. I yeah, think but... I forgot that because it was a couple weeks ago. That's fair. Now. Yeah, that's fair. But it's like they're going to come up a lot in the, this episode in the next two, so <laughs> like at this point, might as well. Especially since we get like a bigger like character name drop in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's very like I generally prefer to avoid using names until they're actually used in the show just to establish canonicity. Yeah. But this show is extremely is set, though, going right? to disagree with me about that. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't think the steward's name is ever said. Yeah, exactly. From what I remember. That is going to happen a lot in Infinity Train, so... Yeah, like, like maybe, like, far later on in a different season, but I don't think in this one. I believe it is discussed extensively in season four. Oh, fun. <laughs> in any case, so, it's like, yes. I'm not going to... I wasn't going to constantly say the robot with the tendril tube things. Because <laughs> it's like, no, it's the steward. Yeah, I guess uh, just a preview. I will be tiptoeing around a lot of names that I might not... Be, uh, shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be tiptoeing around <laughs> fair oh uh, yeah in any case uh khaki doesn't want them to leave just yet because they just got here but when tulip insists that it's serious because hey it's a fucking robot uh he tells them how to get out of the train car to the door and all and they evade more of the tendrils in the tube that leads to the way out but the uh jiggle wiggle slips out of tulip's jacket pocket immediately because she didn't put in her backpack for some reason even though it's a thing that kind of rolls around <laughs> and it falls right into one of the tendrils clamps which uh the tendrils uh clamps like break it immediately and doom the world of ten thousand years of darkness because the ancient artifact is destroyed so good job breaking a tulip nice <laughs> Uh, and also the tendrils break the tube that they're in, because if they find out that they're there. <laughs> uh, and then my next note it says here, and anyway, the steward just starts blasting, like, the, uh, the fucking meme of, uh, Danny DeVito, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Atticus tells them to save themselves while he fights the monster that he swore to defeat. 
and, and meanwhile, actually, him fighting it is really more to lure the tendrils away from the others and cause some of them to accidentally, like, rip themselves in half by colliding with each other. <laughs> I don't know how this, I don't know how this robot managed to do that and not realize, oh, my tendrils are in this area, I should avoid them to not snap some of them off myself. <laughs> but, Jared does mess up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it but when robots case... destroy themselves by mistake. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's not even like to the point of like uh, you know, when like Mister Incredible got in like the original like robot uh, that he was fighting that it like tried to stab itself to try to get at him. Like that's like it's in, like intentionally trying to kill him rather than just fucking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was an actual choice. <laughs> but yeah, in any case, uh, the steward basically just ends up going after Tulip anyway after we hear that sine wave again, and. Uh, this person, uh, basically shows up and they're in, like, a, like, they're, like, a different kind of robot. I don't really know how to describe them. They have, like, a flying saucer kind of head a little bit kind of deal. <laughs> we love it when uh, a different like, robot. Yeah. And they kind of have, like, also, like, a cloak, in a sense, on them. I'm trying to also think about the best to describe them. <laughs> robot in a cape hey, is cape. peak aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. That's why Master Chief had a cape on in the, uh, the Halo... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember Halo what's that five trailer i think it's five <laughs> yeah yeah because he's in like the desert and he sees like one of those big guardian robots emerge and then and then that shit doesn't happen at all in the game he definitely does not wear a cape at one point <laughs> they did it just for the trailer just to hide that it was master chief just again he's, he's a big fucking armored guy cyborg man who weighs like a thousand pounds and is like 11 feet tall and he has like life support systems <laughs> in him he does not need a cloak to go through the desert <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, in Warhammer, there's a lot of Space Marine guys who, uh, okay, yeah, they're 12 foot tall and pure power armor and completely impervious to all but the most damaging shells, and then they just wear a little jacket over it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta accessorize. <laughs> but yeah. In any case, uh, this person just says it would have been so much easier for Tulip if she just stayed still in, compared to her basically just carrying their efforts for months across many cars that she's apparently been throwing their plans awry even though we've never met this person before apparently Tulip's just been doing everything right <laughs> without trying and they say that despite that they still want to help Tulip by having the cat trapper and her happy memories and stuff like that to try to like more or less just get Tulip out of the way and lo and behold of course the cat is here too being a dick because she tracked them down for them Yeah, because the cat's a jerk <laughs> Uh, and I thought she has to be let go since she did her part of the deal, but they won't till they have 1-1. One, one. And uh, 1-1's one, apparently just standing in the middle of the floor here, not at all like doing anything or trying to hide or whatever. So they immediately spot him and he goes to flee into more of the ball pit. And they command the cat to go secure 1-1, one, one, despite the deal having been just to locate Tulip's group in general. <laughs> and they threaten her till she concedes to go in there, but once she enters... They just end up commanding the steward to light the entire ball pit area up with lasers anyway. So it's like, you wanted 1-1, but you then send the cat to go get him, but then you just light up the place anyway and don't confirm if 1-1 is actually dead or not. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's very... Like, I, I don't know how to feel about this in a lot of ways, because, like... One one is hypothetically very important based on the way they've acted so far. 
Yeah. And uh, you would think that you would want to make sure that he's dead or captured. And even if you didn't care about the cat, like sending her in there before you open up, that's just pure murder attempt right there. <laughs> yeah. Like just idiot villain being an idiot and not confirming a body. <laughs> yeah. In any case, Tulip, of course, thinks that one one's dead, so she yells at the figure about having murdered her friends. But they just retort that one one and Atticus simply did not have to be here because she took them out of their proper places on the train. So, way to victim blame, bro. <laughs> uh, but at that, Atticus leaps out of the rubble to bite some of their uh, cables off of their, like, robot body. Again, I'm trying to describe, like, <laughs> I, I know specifics about this person. I'm trying to not say stuff besides robot body, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I mean, it's we'll get like a big week. flying saucer head with arms and legs, so. Yeah, and it's got, like, some cables in, like, the neck area kind of deal. Yeah, he does that, but he's immediately grabbed by this figure. And they then tell Tulip that she will end her journey because they are the conductor. Hooray, we finally got a name for them, so Huzzah. I don't have to keep calling them the robot person. <laughs> and they then demonstrate what they can do by just straight up shooting Atticus point blank. <laughs> just yeah. fucking uh -huh. holding this holding this dog up and then just pointing a fucking pistol at him and he goes <laughs> like before just off screen blap. <laughs> yeah. He definitely falls to the ground smoking. <laughs> like it's like Oh boy, if he didn't know what happens next, it's like, yeah, that they, they just murdered this dog, man. Yeah, but either way, they at the very least shot this dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the conductor then has the steward tear up more of the car before they leave, uh, doing the classic idiot villain move and not confirming any dead bodies here, <laughs> in any case. I mean, they know what they did with Atticus here, but mm -hmm. they didn't confirm the other two. Uh, but then Atticus has his body contorted into a... Uh, I'm trying to remember again. We said Gome, right? Yep. Confirm. Okay, Gome, yeah. And he tries to attack Tulip, but stops himself before he kills her, because obviously he still remembers her inside somewhere, which gives her the chance to flee. And she finds that one one survived because he's just here now. And they managed to lure Atticus into a like part of the ball pit tunnel that they can seal off to trap him inside. And then at that, Tulip rightfully just starts crying at what's so become a Vaticus, and the episode just ends. Yeah, good job. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Not only did you get him killed, but you got him turned into a horrible monster. Congrats well, to he's him. Not, he's not dead. I don't think, like, I think that that gun was just a, like, turn into gome thing, right? I don't think that's how it works. I'm pretty sure that's what happens to denizens when they die. Is it? Again, this is another thing that we will never get any solid confirmation on. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay. I just I read it as like he got shot and then like it was like a transformation rain. Like he fell to the ground because he's like, oh no. Yeah. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, this is an actual gun, and they killed him, and then his body turned into this afterwards. So yeah. Well, I mean, I just looked up something and, like, this confirmed, like, thing that I'm trying to not look at, which says Infinity Train Deaths definitely does this Atticus, shot in the throat by the conductor of a laser gun. So I guess straight up dead, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <But>, yeah. <laughs> Again, I read it as the Transformation Ray rather than just fucking pistol. <laughs> I mean, Cause, like, if it looks that's like a how you would like gun. to think about it, that's probably okay, yeah. because... It's pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously you don't see a dog get shot on screen, but it's, like, it's still, like, 
per person holds up dog, person levels pistol at dog. <laughs> Off screen, person fires pistol at dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's like a sci-fi-y looking pistol, but it's like, it's still a pistol. Uh -huh. It's like a Mass Effect pistol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that episode. And did, you said that you were like uh, thinking of ideas to do between when I finished mine before going right into trivia? Um, I haven't been able to come up with a solid bit yet. I really want to, mm -hmm. but I okay. don't know. It, it might end up happening in the latter seasons of this show because there's just not enough, I think, to talk about. But that gotcha. said, I will put this in the chat. This was like concept art of what the mirror versions of the characters were supposed to look like before they mm -hmm. decided on the episode. So let me drop that into the chat. And uh, they are so much better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like how like Atticus is just a full-on wool. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. MT has like a cigarette, like a scar and like spiky, like a mohawk. And then like just, just one one who just has a hat and like uh like a spiky bracelet on one leg. Yep. <laughs> like Mira one one rules compared to fucking ally of cops one one we got. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if you note the uh there's some writing on the notebook page here. It, it, mm -hmm. it talks a little bit about the original plan for the Mirror World episode and it's about how Tulip's reflection gets kidnapped and then she falls into the Mirror World because the reflection isn't there to hold her up when she walks on the mirror. And that's, oh. <laughs> that is interesting, but I'm really glad that we moved away from that, because <laughs> yeah. this is so much better. Also, uh, it mentions that the episode opens in, with Tulip in jail for telling bad jokes, which, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that that note is there, and then also with all that cooking episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... You know, it's not exactly a bit, but I like talking about yeah, the conception it... of how this came to be, because it's so different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, yeah. Like, it is a, it is a pretty good drawing of them. <laughs> like, also, again, like, Abacus is being a wolf, is like, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> uh, maybe that's how he sees himself when he looks in the mirror. He, like, aside from being freaked out initially, once he gets over it, yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm, I mean, he does call himself, he's a good man, not a good boy, when he gets <laughs> It's like groomed earlier by Tulip. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he is a big manly dog. I don't know. I just like this mirror Tulip with the Liberty Spikes and the tattoo and the, um, I don't remember what it's I called. Didn't, I, I didn't even notice the little anchor tattoo. I didn't notice, yeah, I did not notice the little anchor tattoo on her shoulder. <laughs> yeah, fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in any case, we have a little bit of trivia. Uh, mostly just. I, actually yeah, i didn't really have anything in terms of like trivia besides just voice actors still like there wasn't as much for these two besides that thing i mentioned about fleck earlier yeah. but uh yeah as you might expect uh mirror tulip is voiced by ashley johnson makes perfect sense <laughs> we don't have to cover her again uh agent mace is voiced by ben mendelson aka russell and killing them softly uh krennic and rogue one did not realize that was that guy oh yeah and Vince Kovac in the Tangled uh, spin-offs ever since that movie. Like, basically everything of, like, Tangled related. <laughs> Which I still don't know how Tangled animated series is a thing, because, like, she lost her magic hair in the first one, so, like, how do you do anything interesting and different if she doesn't have the magic hair that can, like, do stuff? Well, that's like, the plot of the series. In the very first episode of Tangled the series, her magic hair is back, and no one knows why, and it's a big mystery, and she's having panic attacks okay. because this shouldn't be possible. 
Right, I was like thinking it was going to probably be something like that, where it's like, oh, it's back for whatever bullshit reason, and it's like, okay, <laughs> it's it's kind of like. It's kind of like the like the various like how like they did like the the Lion King animated series or the like Aladdin animated series where it's like don't worry about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, like that's the plot of the series is finding out how that happened and why, and of course by the end of it she's back to how she was at the end of the movie. So, well, yeah, in case anyone wanted to do Tangled too, I guess. <laughs> well, it's because there was already a flash forward segment. Because uh, Tangled Ever After is the uh, video oh, sequel right. of their wedding. It's like a 10 minute short film. Right. She's got the okay. short hair yeah, in there. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, in any case, uh, Agent Siv. Steve? Siv? Siv. I, I wanted to say. I wanted to say Steve for some reason, but I guess Siv uh, is. You know, like I, I said, always want to hmm? say Steve too, but that's just not how you say that word. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I guess I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, as I mentioned earlier, he is voiced by Bradley Whitford. I didn't say the guy's name, to be fair. <laughs> but already brought up, he was Jeffrey Fleck in RoboCop 3. He's also uh, Eric Gordon in Billy Madison. He's Dean Armitage in Get Out. And Roger Peralta, I think is how you pronounce that, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, he doesn't yeah. really do like an- He doesn't really do like animated stuff. He's mostly live-action stuff. Okay, yeah. To be fair, that was kind of also the same with uh, Ben Mendelsohn, except that it's been entangled. Jake Peralta's garbage dad, who's somehow worse than Jake Peralta, despite him being a cop. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kaki Bottoms is voiced by comedian Ron Funches. Funches. Uh, I don't. He's not really like in a lot of stuff. Really, he's mostly a comedian. I just also remember that I don't remember the details, but there was a bit when he was on like the giant beast cast where he was like not being the best guy. I remember. Like I think he made a certain joke that I was like, "This sucks." <laughs> so I didn't want to write down a lot of this stuff anyway. <laughs> That's interesting because Ron Funches is really good at stand up. I'm surprised to hear he'd say bad stuff on a podcast. I'm, I'm trying to remember the specifics, to be fair. This is, like, back in, like, 2017, maybe? Back at, like, the height of when Giant Bomb had their East Coast production. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm trying to really remember. But I just remember when I recognized his name, it's like, oh, this not guy kind of suck from what I remember? But yeah, my memory might be wrong. I don't know. I mean, everything I know about him is that he's a pretty darn good dude. So. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, maybe I'm wrong, but I might have to re- It's something I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was just that he wasn't very funny. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I mean, that's <laughs> a pretty wild swing there. I'm going to be real. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not as big into, like, comedians, but also, like, a lot of comedians basically, especially these days, seem like they just go and do the most offensive shit possible to try to get a rise and laugh out of people. As a diehard stand-up comedy person, I assure you that is not the case. So. Maybe I'm also again thinking of idiot bullshit guys like fucking uh, the Netflix dude. Uh huh. Yep. It's just the yep. folks who like got ultra rich off it that you know go off the deep end. For yeah. The most part. Or 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 Jerry Seinfeld dating seventeen year olds. Sorry, do you think Jerry Seinfeld isn't ultra rich? <laughs> no, he is. <laughs> That's why he gets away with this shit. Yeah. But in any case, like. Funches specifically is a pretty hardcore autism rights advocate, so Okay. And well, the voice of again, King Shark. He doesn't do a lot Quinn. of voice acting stuff. Okay. Well, well, there you go. 
yeah, but in any case, uh, the only other person I had here is Ronald McReady brought up because the conductor, that's like the steward, is also voiced by Lena Headey, who I feel like doesn't need as much of an introduction. I mean, she's fucking Cersei on Game of Thrones, everybody knows who she is. <laughs> I don't know that show. What's Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, you're lucky if you've never actually have seen Game of Thrones <laughs> overall. I mean, I've heard of it. Uh... Game of Thrones is just, it's a complicated series in general at this point in time because it's like, I was one of the people that's like, I was like, yeah, I liked it through season six and like there was some parts in seven and eight I liked, uh, but it's just, they really just fucking took a nosedive because they super did not know how to fucking end that series. <laughs> I, like I read the first two novels in that series and it is so boring. <laughs> Well, I mean, a lot of it is the politics involved with, like, stuff compared to, like, constantly doing things necessarily. We are talking I mean, like... 1,200 pages for mm -hmm. a guy gets a job and then everyone betrays him and his head gets chopped off. It's really <laughs> bad. I... It's a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> it's not. Guy discovers... Guy discovers, like, you know, giant conspiracy slash incest plot and then gets his head chopped off as a result. It's super not more complicated than that in the books. Like, there's intrigue, sure, but that could very easily have been a 150-page novel. Yeah, I mean, that is true. There's, like, a little bit of a stress that nobody fucking actually puts two and two together compared to that goddamn Stark who's, like, the dumbest idiot alive. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, how did this fucking idiot be the first person that figured this shit out? <laughs> I could do is fucking look at some genealogy books and be like, yeah, that ain't that guy's kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. I truly have no idea how it became the cultural phenomenon that it did. It is uninteresting and difficult to get through. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think how it actually really did, because, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, when they announced the TV show, it's like, oh, well, it's probably not gonna be actually, I mean, me personally, as good as the books, but it's, like, in terms of that, it's, like, I think it just really took off, because people were like, yeah, dragons and titty! <laughs> Well, and then I guess definitely that got way less. And then they definitely went way less with the titty as the show went on, because at some point, uh, uh, fuck, I'm trying to remember the name of the lady who played Daenerys. Um, fuck, why do I not remember this person's name? Daenerys actress, who is he? <laughs> I want to be able to say her, like, actually say her name. The... Amelia Clark, right. I think at certain points she got, like, popular enough that she was able to actually, like, be like, nah, no, no more, no more boobs. <laughs> you don't see these anymore. Deal with it. Well, that must be a nice change, because I absolutely did not mention the plurality of on-page sexual assaults that happened in that book, so... Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of it, especially in that first episode. <laughs> it's like, yep. There's a lot. Why is it listing on the... Fucking Wikipedia, what are you doing? Like, on the Wikipedia thing, you know like how if you Google a person, it shows like an about section? It's talking about Danny in particular, not Amelia Clark. And it shows like stuff like title, parents, all that stuff. Under here it shows the notable aliases, and w the first one it lists is Aegon the Conqueror with Teats. And it's like, who the fuck said that? <laughs> huh. That's gotta be one of the fucking idiot, like, show writer assholes, right? <laughs> I mean, probably. 
<laughs> those fucking idiots. Yeah, those guys suck. <laughs> uh, I I swear I've heard zero people talk about anything about that prequel series. <laughs> and also, there's supposed to be like two more fucking spin-offs of that shit. <laughs> uh, Matt Smith is in it. I talked about it at the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Wait, who is he in terms of character? Uh, Matt Smith is in the prequel series as one of those dudes. I don't know. Oh, I thought you meant I thought you meant the main series. No. <laughs> right. No, yeah, so probably one of the Targaryens in the prequels. You know, just. I was about to be like, if all. I was about to be like, of all the like major actors that you can name from the original show, it's like who's who'd be Matt Smith? <laughs> like ignoring like fucking Boromir being in uh, the first season. <laughs> Which again, like they might, me like having read those books when that show was first airing, just being amused that people were talking about like, no, they killed off X Y Z, and it's like, especially early on, it's like he, he's fucking it's fucking Sean Bean. He exists to die in everything that he's in. <laughs> It's just the Martian. It's like the one thing I remember that he was in that he didn't die in. And meanwhile, it's like maybe in like near the end credits of the Martian when it shows him like golfing or whatever. I was just like expecting like a meteor to hit him just because Sean Bean has to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Sean Bean died in the freak uh, golfing accident. Not of a club. He got struck with a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he exists to die in the film. <laughs> There's a reason why there's like a 10 minute supercut of every time he dies in media on YouTube. <laughs> That's his whole deal, so don't be surprised when he's Ned Stark and he doesn't make it. <laughs> people are like, no, he's a main character, and it's like, well, guess what? There ain't no main character. <laughs> and the show is designed to just murder people for no reason at times. I well, fair enough. Um, yep. Was there a reason we were talking about Game of Thrones? Because we brought up Lena Headey. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> Because he's actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't have anything else trivia-wise, because I already brought out that bit with, like, the RoboCop uh, reference, potentially. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, these two episodes are, like, they're too jam-packed with, like, actual story stuff, really, than them to, like, have a bunch of, like, hidden stuff, like, you know, like, all the various junk the cat had in her car, like, how she had, like, an original NES and everything in there too jam-packed with story stuff to explain how the world works <laughs> <laughs> exactly there's too much story here we can't take time to explain the story <laughs> i mean we d we don't have time to explain whether the fuck the train is even real or not <laughs> so again to uh, I mean, interpret that as you will i guess if whether or not the train exists <laughs> That's the weird thing about it, because, like, at this point, yeah, the train might not really exist. But as of, uh, I, I want to say season two or three, it's definitely actually physically real, so. <laughs> I mean, I would have to imagine, but also it's like, how does somebody spend, like, half a year on this train and, like, isn't constantly freaking out about, it's like, yeah, everybody that I knew back home definitely thinks I'm dead now, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's like one of those funny things where it's like you you link back to like uh avril has at a certain point where you're like isn't like if luce doesn't go home isn't her mom gonna freak out and then you get the like the reveal of like somebody sending her letters having misspelled her name yeah. so it's like oh there's a fucking imposter story i guess that addresses that but also who's potentially pretending to be her 
and then it's like, well, I guess it's all right in a sense because when she had to burn up the door because she doesn't like somebody's there pretending to be her anyway, and then you get to that reveal and it's just the nicest, scaredest character possible. <laughs> Still, like the funniest and saddest way they could have gone with like the imposter plotline. It's just like it's just a scared little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Just a cute little snake girl who just wants to have a home. <laughs> Nothing malicious there at all. It's like ah, compared to like all the people like thinking like fan theories or fanfics about like who the imposter was gonna be, and it's like it's just a nice snake. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like at least for me, I think we've really found my weakness as far as these episodes go, just because. I really want there to be a consistent logic to how stuff works, and Infinity yeah. Train does not care about that. So it's it's tricky in a way, because while I enjoy the show, that is something that will always bother me, and it will continue to always bother me for the rest of the show, so fair warning. <laughs> <laughs> fair, yeah. But yeah, it's... it's I don't know, because it is fairly dreamlike. There's a lot of dream logic going on here, so I know it can't be 100% consistent, but at least I'd like them to try. <laughs> I'm willing to put yeah. up with a lot. I mean, you remember She-Ra, but... <laughs> yeah, I sure do at times. <laughs> In terms of like just, just being like, why does this, why does this work this way now? It, doesn't, it didn't last time. <laughs> yeah, the magic, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I the thing I'm still surprised at is that they didn't have an actual fight with Ford Prime. After they took it the whole episode to establish he's weak to magic. It's like, well, it's, uh, I mean, I guess you like still like magically kicked him, his soul out of his body or whatever and vaporized it. But it's like, that's not like him being weak to like fireball or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, at least in the few weeks we get to go back to a place with actual consistent logic for 42 more minutes, and then <laughs> never again, sadly. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. <laughs> that fucking trailer they put out, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I guess that's our episode, is us derailing to talk about Game of Thrones, because we don't want to think about a dog getting shot at the end. Happy, uh, <laughs> have a good week, everybody. <laughs> Uh, hey, John Wick 4, I think now in theaters, right? Uh, that's... <laughs> whole yeah, series actually, about a dog getting shot. Night. That... <laughs> yeah. Whole series about that started because a dog got shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still haven't seen any of those movies. <laughs> you know, there's a lot that I enjoy about them, but it's just so much... How do I put this? There is a thing that I hate in a lot of media... And that is when one of your characters just tells you how cool somebody is instead of you letting them be cool on its face. And John Wick is super guilty of that. Uh, There's a lot of times where a character's just like, oh, that guy rules. At least two to three times per movie we get a monologue about how John Wick is the thing that hunts the boogeyman and so they call him the Baba Yaga and he's the thing that... It's so much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cool action. I'm less interested in the action and more in the fact that I was counting over the course of those movies and he speaks at least eight languages plus sign language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he uh he took uh like he made sure that the background that he got at the start of the campaign gave him two languages plus he's a human so he gets another one. 
so you already got four off the bat there, and then like, uh, uh, is it skill that lets you take like, yeah, it's like skill, like proficiency, tool proficiency, or a language, I think, <laughs> and he took that like twice more and just took skills. <laughs> I mean, just took languages. So he took it's his first level bonus feat for being a variant human, and then he took it at level four. <laughs> so you can just have as many languages as he wants. Yeah, and then in 2, there's a character who only communicates with sign language. She's not deaf, but she can't speak. And uh, she refers to him using a name sign, which is kind of a big deal in sign mm -hmm. language. Like, you don't just get that. You have to put in the hours. So, I don't know. I'm just yeah. fascinated mm -hmm. by this guy's internal life if he spent enough time <laughs> with... <laughs> While also having a wife and a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. How many, how many languages did the dog know before it got shot? <laughs> uh, presumably dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't know for sure because that dog died, didn't it? <laughs> I think that dog has maybe five minutes of screen time. And that's where I would turn off the movie. And as soon as the dog, as soon as they aim the gun at the dog, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very much like this scene: aim at the dog and turn away off screen, and then a noise happens. Okay. It's just that the it, dog doesn't turn into a cockroach afterwards. It is actually now that I think about it, it is kind of amusing just how like you know there's a the fact the the fact that does the dog die dot com is a site, but it's like pretty sure that even in all those things like you never see the dog actually like get shot i would say i don't think like something like resident evil counts or whatever just because like usually the dog is like a zombie dog <laughs> and therefore you have to shoot it because it's a zombie dog <laughs> but it's like yeah like i just got off the back of my at the top of my head of like any time like dog die it's like it's either like off screen like that or it's because the dog died of old age uh to kill a mockingbird <laughs> Which, which version? <laughs> uh, the version where Atticus uses his sniper skills to take out a rabid dog from half a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> I know I definitely saw a movie adaptation of that when I was in like senior year in high school. I don't think it was that version. I definitely don't recall that being a scene. It's possible that that didn't make it to the movie. It's absolutely a scene in the book. Uh, but yeah, that, probably. <laughs> I mean, considering it's like... It's not like even a long book, but they definitely would have to cut stuff for time since that, I mean, that whole book is mostly just like a, like, let's do a court to try to stop being people from being racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love how when the, uh, the sequel novel came out years and years and years later and revealed actually Atticus there was, was a racist sequel? all along. <laughs> There's a sequel to that? Uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was meant to be published, but they found it in the author's stuff after she died, and they were like, hey, we can make money off of this. Oh, fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in the sequel, actually, uh, Atticus was racist the whole time. He just doesn't like it when people are uh, uh, unfairly railroaded in court, so he had to do the thing. <laughs> Great. Mm -hmm. I know, right? <laughs> Sure, so. Scout was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sucked? I don't know. It depends on whether Atticus is dead by the time that happens. He sure is. <laughs> well, rip and piss. Right, yeah. <laughs> Atticus no, no. It's like <laughs> semi canon at best, since the author specifically chose not to publish it, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that that means it's not really canon at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, like how, like, you know, there was, like, that, like, the sixth uh, Hitchhiker's. Guide to the Galaxy book that was made by like the guy's son, and it's like 
Well, well I guess that's a slightly different case, but still. I assure you, Owen Colfer is not related to Douglas Adams in any way. <laughs> oh, I know it was his son. Am I th- oh, I'm thinking oh. of Tolkien with like one of his ah, yes, that publishing some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I thought that there was like some guy who was related to Douglas Adams. So yeah, even worse, like that's definitely not canon. Then. Well, no, I mean, like the whole point of uh, and another thing is that it was based on Adams's notes before he passed. So it is like his thoughts and ideas about what the next book should be. It just he didn't get to write it on account oh, okay. of how he died. <laughs> <laughs> on account of all that death. <laughs> Which is okay. I mean. Yeah. It's not. It's not in the. Uh, what's it called? It's not in the version that I bought, which is like the Ultimate Hitchhiker's Guide. So. Uh, does your Ultimate Hitchhiker's Guide include the short story about Zephod and uh, Ronald Reagan? Ah, uh, no. Well, let me go get it and see. <laughs> <laughs> it's right over here. Where the hell is it? Um. There it is. Let's see. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Young Zaphod plays it safe. It does. <laughs> okay, nice. There you go. <laughs> I don't think I don't remember reading that. To be fair, it's been also ages since I read Hitchhikers. It's also a little obtuse because it is political commentary yeah. on the American political system in the eighties, as told by a British man who does not say yeah. any of the names that he's talking about. So like, it, it looks like this compilation was made in 2002, which tracks about the time I would have read it. Cause I think I read it back in like early college when I had first seen the movie, I think. Cause I saw the movie before I actually read any hitchhiker's guide. And I was, but I always heard about people saying it was good. So I was like, Oh, let me actually try it out and read the entirety of it. So what I'm hearing is it doesn't include the Salmon of Doubt and therefore isn't complete. <laughs> oh, I guess so. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Adams was a big hyper-focus of mine as a kid. He's, he's like one yeah. of my number one of all-time authors. So. I also had forgotten that like apparently those books are not very long each because like the last book starts in like page like 630 of this compilation and it's like that's pretty short for each of these books then if that's like four books already done <laughs> like 150 pages each <laughs> well that's just dependent on the way they publish like in a big anthology like that uh, true. you're gonna yeah adjust it, the... yeah it is a it, it is a larger book so yeah i guess that max i guess that tracks <laughs> but yes anyway according to douglas adams uh ronald reagan was a creature created in a lab and was incredibly dangerous and was supposed to be in containment except then the ship that he was on crashed into earth and so he got out and became the president um, <laughs> it's all tracks yeah no that's canon <laughs> but yeah uh so that's uh that's our book derail uh, i think <laughs> listen bonus bonus book rep- recommendation <laughs> tiger's guide <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say not to read it, but I don't think I can call it a queer book by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, so. yeah. From what I'm remembering, there's like, I mean, that book straight up does have a like uh, sentence there of like, if you want to know if Arthur Dent fucks, the answer is yes. If you don't want to read the rest of this book, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty funny line, but yeah, definitely not queer. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some sentiments in there that I think you could argue are queer. Like, there's a, a there would be a queer theory reading of it if you were really trying, but it's not explicit and you have to put it in the works, so 
Nah, that wouldn't make the list as much as I love it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think in that case, it's time to probably sign off before we derail something else. So, if you have enjoyed <laughs> this deranged rambling, you can find me at patch underscore jacket on Twitter or at nobody on co-host. Uh, I'm also on All on the Table, which is a production of the Transverse, a company designed to produce media for and by trans people. Uh, when you are hearing this, assuming I am getting my calendar dates correct, this Saturday I will be playing in uh, Artifacts of Romulus, a game about uh, someone stealing the armor of a god. Uh, that'll be at Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern at... Uh, Twitch.tv slash the transverse. I don't have anything like that, but I would also argue that this has been the most ranged uh, conversation, not deranged. Because <laughs> this is just ex- this is expected of us. People expect us to go off the rail talking about bullshit near the end. Anyway. Not like this. <laughs> yeah, we got into Game of Thrones tangent because of Lena Headey being in Infinity Train of all things, but still. <laughs> In any case, uh, yeah, I'm still at the underscore Oblivion on Twitter. Just take out the, the, you can find me on, uh, co-host. I almost said Discord and I almost said Mumble. And it's like, nope, both are wrong. Both are wrong. That, that's not social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't got anything else like that going on. <laughs> I don't do, I don't do any streams like that in particular. Fair enough. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I think there is not much left for us to say at this point, but remember, us weirdos have, have to, to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye.